studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Three, two, one. Release, release, release. Clean release. Ignition. And 60 seconds. And that is a full duration burn, folks. We are headed to space. And the passengers in the back have been cleared to unstrap. We reached Apogee 282,000 feet. Sorry, world's richest man Jeff Bezos, you're eight days short. As Richard Branson, a different billionaire, got into space before you did. <laughs> I, I do think there's a bit of a billionaire's flexing to the world thing going on there. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. At the same time, though, they're really they're doing great experiments and making progress in in uh, making it less expensive and more accessible to get into space as if I need to be in space. Exactly. I'll read this as written. Swashbuckling entrepreneur Richard Branson hurtled into space aboard his own winged rocket ship yesterday in his boldest adventure yet, beating out Jeff Bezos by about a week. The nearly 71-year-old Branson and and five crewmates... From his Virgin Galactic Space Tourism Company, reached an altitude of about 53 miles. That's how high up they were over the New Mexico desert. That was enough to experience three or four minutes of weightlessness, and they got to see the curvature of the Earth. Then they glided back home. Uh, that was that. Yeah. Some of the, uh, well, <laughs> some the whole of thing, the... by the way, took 15 minutes. The entire flight took 15 minutes. That's not very long. Wow. Wow. Uh, I read some of the uh, snarky reaction on Twitter. Of course, that's, uh, yeah, I'm repeating myself. Twitter wakes up in the morning angry and bitter and vindictive and goes to bed in the same way. Thanks, Twitter. Uh, with several <laughs> several reactions were way to almost get to space in an achievement that was done by government in nineteen in the nineteen sixties. Give your money to government where it can do some good. To these, you know, billionaires who are pushing a lot of the innovation and the cell phones in your pockets and the rest of it. The that's one another one of those assumptions that I was talking about earlier. That the basic assumptions of American life: free speech, free markets, uh, liberty. Of course, of course, you love those things and you accept them. No, a lot of people don't anymore. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's like, you know, Judy and I are having dinner, and I say, you know, we ought to consider domestic violence in our relationship. She says, I'm willing to, how about we uh, spend all of our money on crack and then just squat in our house? I mean, the very basic bedrock assumptions are starting to get a little shaky, and I think we got to nip that stuff in the bud. So, um, no civilians went with Branson on his flight, but Bezos has taken up at least one person that paid how many million dollars do you know what the, the total is? I want to say it was around twenty-eight million. Yeah, it was right. Twenty-eight million dollars to fly into space. Which, if you're a you know a gazillionaire, it does, doesn't matter to you. It seems like an awful lot for a couple of minutes of weightlessness, but that would be cool. Now, was that the same f- space flight uh, where they're taking up that eighty-eight-year-old woman who's been a qualified astronaut since she was like forty, but never made it into space, and yeah. some Japanese uh, scientist or something? Mm-hmm. That's the Bezos thing. Yeah. Or is that, that an Elon Musk deal? And that's going to happen in a week, and then, yeah, Elon's doing his thing. So, But uh, with the competition among the billionaires, we'll get better at it. And uh, this is all leading toward, I think, going to Mars? Is that the Maybe. ultimate goal? I don't know. New York to London in five minutes. I don't know. What is the goal? I think just push the boundaries of science. All right. Maybe we can uh, do that, uh, what do you call that, experimenting on the viruses that's so dangerous? The enhanced benefits uh, experiment? The uh, what's, what's that term? 
Oh, we all uh, we all knew it last gain week. Gain of function. Gain of function. Yeah, but we can do that on Mars. Send that Chinese bat lady, Doctor Fauci, that lying freaking Peter Daszak, and the entire WHO to Mars. Let them do whatever they want. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm not anti going to uh going into outer space, but uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't. It's funny. I don't feel the need to judge these guys at all. If that's what they want to do with their money, do it. It's, it looks fun. It's interesting. It'll probably push the bounds of science, like I say. Um. I was just going through my notes from the weekend. The Somebody gave, well, I'll just read it. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle received the Environmental Award from somebody, whoever gives out the Environmental Award, gave, received the Environmental Award for their decision to only have two children. We commend the Duke and Duchess for taking the enlightened decision to only have two children. Okay, fantastic. Good for them. You are obnoxious and stupid. CPAC happened over the weekend. That's the big gathering of conservatives from around the country, whatever the term conservative means now. And I'm not exactly sure what uh, I'm not exactly sure what most people mean when they say conservative anymore. Do you know? That would have been a great question to ask there at CPAC. Regularly, people talk about the you know they're very conservative, big Trump supporter. What part of Trump is conservative? Um. Some of it. He's like a third, a third, a third. Some of it's very not. So I don't know why you'd call yourself more conservative the more big of Trump, more of a Trump fan you are. The more Republican maybe you are, but not necessarily the more conservative. Anyway, Gallup poll out today for the first time in 20 years, there are more liberals, self proclaimed, proclaimed liberals than conservatives for the first time since 2001. Uh, The biggest number, by the way, is moderates at 35%, the plurality. Very hmm. close. Thirty-five percent of people say they're moderate. Thirty-four percent say they're liberal, and thirty percent say they're conservative. I don't know what to read into that. Uh, I think some of the people that used to call themselves conservative are uh, concerned about being attached to Trump, so maybe call themselves moderate. That would be my oh, boy. guess. Is yeah, how that poll ended up where it did. Oh man, Trump is something else. I mean, not not the man, just the phenomenon yeah. and its effect on American the politics. Gravity. Speaking of weightlessness and escaping that, the gravity that Trump has on uh, on everything is incredible. Oh, that, yeah. that reminds me, I took in an unbelievable podcast over the weekend. Let me find the notes for this because this is definitely worth talking about. Um, stall for two seconds, would you? Yeah. Well, uh, what I was going to say is back to my my uh, consideration of whether America has lost its moorings and has made uh, some sort of weird turning point. The enthusiasm for gigantic government programs, no matter how badly they perform, nobody ever even asks the question: Did it work? What did we get for our money? Uh, I, I b- having observed that, especially for the last several years, I I believe that whole more liberals liberals than conservatives. Everybody's just in favor of what sounds good. And government taking hold of the economy and bringing us all equity and inclusion and happiness and joy. Who would vote against that? Nobody. Never mind the fact that it's an impossible fantasy. The biggest concern around voting and peaceful transfer of power, the best argument I've heard about it, I uh, took in a long podcast over the weekend. I'll, I'll share that with you when we come back. This is really interesting stuff. But I also did learn this, or I knew it and had forgotten it. You've heard people throw around the idea of Trump being the Speaker of the House. You know, why doesn't he you know, pick pick a district in the country that's super Trumpy? Uh, he could move there, you know, what to, how, I don't know how long you have to establish residency, but he could get a P.O. box there for six months, run, he'd win with like 90% of the votes, and right. then he's in the House of Representatives, run, and it would see, 
Well, I had forgotten that. You don't have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be Speaker oh, of the right. House. That's right. You yeah. can be just anybody. He doesn't even have to go through that. And is there a possibility that somebody in the House talks to him and says, hey, you want to be Speaker, and, and names him and makes him Speaker of the House? Hmm. If, if he was up for a vote, would he win? I think he probably would. If you know, the, that's, uh, the Republicans would have to take the House. Obviously, you can't. Oh, sure. just, you know, they're not. They're not going to have Speaker of the House. But, but the, the, everybody seems to think that's going to happen in uh, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm making my squinty face right now as I'm thinking about it because the list of Republicans like uh, like Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, etc. at all that you'd have to do it over their dead bodies because as they smile and try to court Trump supporters, even to this day, they're they're terrified of him and wish he would go away. Uh, that, that's trust me, folks. That's in their hearts. Um, yeah, I, I, that's an interesting question. I don't know. They would uh, put their fingers in the wind, you know. Uh, look at the polling, and if if Trump had that some that sort of support, they they'd go ahead and do it. Well, you saw how the voting went on Liz Cheney. I, I mean, I think pretty easily Trump would be uh, Speaker of the House if if it was put up to a vote. Um, that would be both hilarious and horrifying. <laughs> I don't know if he. I don't know if he wants the job or or he'd have to think. What what is it? He's only interested in being president. So, um, would it be a springboard? Would it help? He'd certainly have a bigger platform. Well, yeah, my belief remains. He just wants to live his life as Donald J. Trump hotelier for the rest of his days. And be playing golf, eating, drinking, that sort of. It'd thing. be harder to do that as speaker than even as president. So of don't he doesn't mess drink, with drink. me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I, I don't think he would do it for that reason alone. But to become one of the very few people in history who's been both, and and the enormous power the speaker yields, if Trump weren't as old as he is and is probably happy to get back to his old life as he is, I think he would do it, and it would be horrifarious. But the um uh, the threat to our constitutional system and to uh, free and fair elections. Bigger than I thought it was. I took in some good information on this. I'll share it with you coming up, and then we can get to, among other things, at some point, I suppose, uh, Generation Z is killing off email. Thank God. That'd be fine with me. And uh, um, I also took this in as a parent of younger children. A packed schedule does not enrich your child. I think the pendulum might be starting to swing back the other direction from the schedule your kids all day, every day of your lives. Uh, How long have we been hammering that? Thing that we've been doing for a while. 15 years, you and I? Yeah, no kidding. Well, the world's 15 years behind us. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out. How was your weekend? Western half of the United States was uh, hot as the surface of the sun. Did I think I know Vegas was uh, real close to setting an all-time record over the weekend? Did they, Michael? It was one seventeen, hottest it's ever been in Las Vegas. Uh, set a record where I live too, uh, one thirteen. And my son and I got into a conversation about what it would feel like at various temperatures, so we called up my brother uh, Jeff, who's been in, <laughs> in the military and uh, in full gear in uh, Iraq and Saudi Arabia um, when it was uh, in the mid-120s. <sighs> he said, you can, uh, you can do it, but you can't be outside very long. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm officially an old guy, you can tell, because I, uh, I, I don't watch the Weather Channel, but I have a Weather Channel app that I flip through a lot. So uh, back-to-back headlines. I don't have them in front of me, but the long and short was uh, record break or worst drought ever in California continues, blah, 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 wildfire, and uh, tropical storm, what's-its-face, Elsa or something last week, dropped 10 inches of rain on some parts of the East Coast. Woo, that's a lot. Once again, the Joe Getty plan put America up on hydraulic lifts. When it rains a lot in the east, you tip the country so the water flows west where they need it. So obviously a good idea. They laugh at me. They call me an idiot. Hey, Richard Branson, why don't you quit floating around in space and do something about the tilt in the United States so the water runs to the western half? That's what I'm saying. So I was listening to a podcast over the weekend. Uh, we're fans of the Dispatch around here. It's a new, what, what do you call it? It's just a new news organization, new, news yeah. channel, new news organization. It popped yeah, with up a, uh, a newsletter and all sorts of columns and, and podcasts and all sorts of they stuff. They popped up a year or two ago, and one of the reasons we like them, they're, uh, they're a whole bunch of conservatives. They're not Trump people. So if you're, uh, if you're, uh, offended by anything negative about Trump, you will not like it probably, but they're all, all, all are, hmm, are all conservatives. Steve Hayes, who you see on, um, Fox shows all the time, Jonah Goldberg among the, well, they're the people that run the thing. Anyway. Uh, they do a podcast once a week on Wednesdays that I listen to it, and it's really fantastic. David French is on there, if you know who he is. Chris but, Starwalt just went over, too, didn't he? Yeah, actually, he did. Um, he got let go by Fox. Some of the claims are that because he called Arizona for Biden, they were under pressure to get rid of him. And he turned out to be right. But he was the one crunching the numbers behind the scenes during the election and said, no, the Biden's won Arizona. Yeah, but and, the people uh, who are still yelling about the audit and everything else in Arizona hate him. Hate him for that. He was actually on this podcast I was listening to because he knows a lot about uh, elections and that sort of thing. And it kind of started with the discussion of New York and how crappy a job they did of counting the votes there in New York. I mean, really crappy. Unfortunately, most people's takeaway is that I don't know about this ranked choice voting. They did it in New York and it turned into a mess. It had nothing to do with the fact that it was ranked choice voting, that it was a mess. It had all kinds of things to do with they counted all their sample ballots from their test previous to the election happening in the final results. And and, and they didn't catch that until the second place person said, hey, I think you counted all the the phony ballots from your test, and it turns out they did, so they had to go back. Oh, my gosh. And then as people looked into it, they realized that everybody involved in the election system in New York was related in some way. It was somebody's grandmother's or son or uncle or whatever. It's all nepotism. None of them had any uh, abilities to pull off an election. New York has had several elections in a row where they did a really bad job of counting, like a lot of places around the country. And the problem is you got um, you got uh, all these claims that you hear about in mainstream media about Republicans trying to suppress the vote. What's going to happen is as Democrats try to extend the vote, it's going to be easier for people to cheat or easier for people to and or easier for people to claim there was cheating. Because if you have a week of early voting and 24-hour voting in various places and mail-in balloting and drive-through voting and all these different things... Well, and vote harvesters who show up at the polls with two, a bag with 200 uh, ballots in their bag it's not and only, say, oh yeah, they're all legit. It's not only easier to cheat, it's easier to claim somebody cheated in a close election. And we are going to have by far less people believing in the outcome of our votes 
going forward than we've had in the past. And we've already gone that down that road way too far. It's scary. So listen to this. This is the, this is what they threw out as a, as a very real possibility. Republicans take the House. So they control the confirming of an election or not, as we saw this last time around. Uh, you know, Pence had to go there and confirm the vote. That's what the riot was about and everything like that. The House gets involved in that. The Republicans take the House. The vote is close enough. There are enough people in the Republican Party who believe that it was stolen. The House will not certify the election. And we have a real, for real, like splits the country in two constitutional crisis. And they believe that that's a sincere possibility in a close wow. election. If a, if, a, if, a, if a Democrat wins in a close election and the Republicans control the House, where we are nationally now and how much we believe the elections are fair, and we're adding two reasons to believe they aren't fair, we could end up with a constitutional crisis like we haven't seen, honest to God, since 1860. Well, and it's probably worth mentioning that at the dispatch, one of their key principles is that they avoid sensationalism. Oh, by far. They don't yeah. make this sort of claim unless they, they, they seriously believe it. They don't count clicks uh, or any of that sort of stuff. But th- th- tell me that scenario is not is really possible. Oh, it's chilling. And, you know, I wish we had at our, our fingertips right now when we, a clip from when we interviewed Congressman Tom McClintock, who was talking about how incredibly important chain of custody is with ballots, how it has to be ironclad for people to have confidence in elections. Uh, maybe we'll dig that up. This, this is the issue, I think. It's huge. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That woman from the Cook Political Report needs needs to breathe into a paper bag for a while and until she calms down. The process of administrative and judicial review is absolutely essential to establish the integrity of the vote, and it's the integrity of the vote, not the vote itself, but the integrity of the vote, uh, that is the foundation of our democracy. Excellent point. People have to believe the vote was real. We're not. Don't tune out. You think you tuned into a show and we're fighting the uh, 2020 election results. We're not talking about that. What we're talking about is the next election. There is a real good chance. I'm now convinced. I think in a close election, if the Republicans take the House, which is almost a given, if Democrats win the presidency again, I don't know about that. But if Democrats win in a close election, either Biden or whoever else in a close election, I think it's likely that the House would not certify that election under public pressure of enough people thinking that the election wasn't fair, and then I don't know where we are then. I don't know what happens then. Well, it's certainly not a stretch to speculate that a handful of swing states could be so close that any uh, voting hijinks, any uh, fraud or whatever would play a play a role in changing the result. I don't think that's a stretch at all. But you don't even need it, though. As as Tom McClintock pointed out, you don't need the hijinks. You just need the people to believe there were hijinks. Oh, boy. The integrity is the important part. That is the whole thing. And, you know, we're so used to just accepting it. Damn it, I wanted my guy to win, but they lost. Son of a, you're really, really mad. But you just, you don't even think twice about the fact that the result was okay. We're far enough down the road now, and there's end with a, the longer voting hours and the, the, the mail-in voting and vote harvesting that they're allowing in a whole bunch of different states. Oh my God. We may, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point now. I think I'm convinced we've seen the last election 
where we even come close to having people accept it as real. I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong, I hope too. Wrong. For the good of America, Democratic Party, listen to me. Please, this is for the future of our country. Run Kamala Harris for president. <laughs> she will lose 46 states. We will uh, be restored to our normal uh, brotherhood, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what was I going to say? It seemed important at the time. Uh, oh, I, it, it is. I'm now completely convinced that what Joe Biden said about thoroughly reasonable of voting fidelity laws being passed in several states being Jim Crow on steroids. That was the most evil thing he has ever said, and one of the more evil things that's been said in the last 25 years. Yeah, it is is unfortunate that uh, the media only talks about the damage that could be done by Trump claiming this or that and doesn't talk about the damage that can be done by Stacey Abrams claiming she won and got uh, defrauded. She started this whole thing. If Hillary start, claimed it for years. <laughs> yeah, Hillary claimed it for years. So, yeah, both sides claiming though the elections are stolen all the time. If people start believing, that's what Tom McClintock was getting at. If people stop believing that the elections matter at all, it all falls apart very quickly. We're doomed. Yep. God, it's scary. Well, well and, and super double bonus to Joe Biden for not only whipping up people beyond all reason over reasonable laws, but also minimizing, but practically making a joke of the Jim Crow era of the United States, which is absolutely horrifying and you should learn about. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. That might be the what? worst thing a president has said and I don't know how long. Yeah, I would agree. It was utterly evil. Um, we were talking earlier about uh, we got to get a booze. Celebrities are making so much money off their booze. Conor McGregor, who got his foot broke clear off on Saturday night. <laughs> Laying there in the ring. <laughs> uh, he sold Somebody his, get the foot. He sold his average at best whiskey for $600 million. So celebrity booze is where it's at. And we we're throwing out some ideas. Uh, text line uh, suggestions, A&G box wine. That's not a bad idea. A.N.G. Big Mouth 40s malt, malt liquor. You know, like a Mickey's. Mickey's Big Mouth. Huh? Sure. Sure. Um, A.N.G. Brand Pruno. Huh? You know, the last time I drank Mickey's Big Mouth was on the golf course with you like 29 years ago. <laughs> hot summer. Hot summer afternoon. Salina, Kansas. And for some reason, I decided to get a six-pack. We always stuffed a six-pack in our golf bags when we'd play. And I decided to get a six-pack of Mickey's malt liquor, not knowing what malt liquor is, really. And uh, I was about four in, and and we were on about the seventh hole, and I started to hallucinate. I don't remember exactly what I saw, but I was like, "Wait a minute! I thought I was just drinking beer. What's going on here?" If you haven't never since, if you haven't had a warm Mickey's Big Mouth on a hot day, oh, it's that's good stuff. Right there. <laughs> it's refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Armstrong and Getty vodka, life, liver, and the pursuit of their destruction. But this is the one I like the most. <laughs> Want more buzz for your buck? Try Armstrong and Getty's Freedom Vodka. Punish your liver, not your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> You're drunk. You're our director of marketing, whoever good. you are. That's beautiful. Uh, a couple of things about kids today. Generation Z wants to free the world from email. It's crazy how outdated it is. People born after AOL mail was invented seem to prefer to communicate in almost any other possible way than email. Well, good. I don't know what... Uh, well, yeah, kill off email. I'm fine with it. And then I came across this in the New York Times over the weekend, and um, we've been talking about this sort of thing for years. I didn't agree with all of it, but a packed schedule doesn't really enrich your child. Somebody who wrote a book called Beeline, What Spelling Bees Reveal About Generation Z's New Path to Success, 
said that it no longer consistently improved the, the prospects of white middle-class kids for whom it was designed. And they got into various race and privileged and underprivileged stuff that I didn't really dig, but it, it made the point that it started with white middle-class kids having the packed schedules, and it probably did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there are all there are enough studies out there to show that it has not made kids' lives better, and uh, and almost certainly uh, you could make the argument it's made their lives worse. What can parents do with their kids instead of scheduling them all day every day? It says here. The answer is simple. We'll get that to you next. According After to the New York Times, you, you may agree or not agree. Right. After a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, did you know their founders, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, designed their first security system in their kitchen because their friend had just had their home broken into, and they were aware that home security systems are complicated, nobody knows how to set them, they're expensive, the install sucks, etc. So they did their own thing, Simply Safe. Most people's perception is crime is up, and you know why that is? Because crime is up. And uh, if you've never had a home security system before and you've always thought, yeah, it'd be expensive and complicated and this and no, not with Simply Safe. You go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You, uh, you get on there. It takes you about two minutes to customize the system on their website for your home. It'll come to you in about a week and you set it up yourself in 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, fire, burglary, medical emergency, whatever, you're ready to go with Simply Safe. Here's what you do. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize your system. Get a free security camera for using our code. It's a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It's almost embarrassing to read this article because I picture people like my uh, of my parents' generation listening because they raised kids, me, this way, and uh, pretty much every parent since the dawn of time. More or less what the New York Times article says is the value of unstructured time. Another way to put that would be just letting them do whatever they want to do. Let them come up with it on a Saturday and not Mm -hmm. get up in the morning and have five different things planned out for them to do. We're going to, we're going to, at eight o'clock, we have to be at this and then we're going to be at this at 11 and then we're going to go to that at one. Just, you know, you just get up. I I think about my childhood and how different it is from the way I do my kids. And I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to fix that. I'm trying to fix that, but um, when my mom and dad got it, I don't think they, an average weekend in the summer, I don't think they rarely had anything planned for us. Oh, I don't no. think, I don't no. think they even thought about it. It never even crossed their minds. Yeah, they I had, had baseball practice a couple of days a week and maybe a game or two, but that was it. They had their stuff they were going to do. They'd get up on a Saturday morning, and my dad would think, you know, I'm going to mow the lawn, and then, uh, you know, I'm going to do this, and I'm probably going to watch some TV or whatever. I don't think it was on his mind, you know, what are the schedule, what are the activities I've got scheduled for the boys today? I don't think. And then we would just get up, and then, like, we'd have a bowl of cereal, and then, I don't know, my brother Jeff might say, you want to play catch, or, <laughs> or you want to work on our treehouse, or whatever. And we would just start doing stuff. Or he'd call you fat face and you'd fight him. Yeah, whatever. You'd, you'd pass the time. But the idea of having a, a whole bunch of things planned out always just seems crazy. And, and, then, we first, and, then, and then what started that? Do you have any idea I, what started it? I don't know exactly. I do think it was some sort of like upper middle class 
uh, desire to, to breed kids who were so adept at everything, just excellence, excellence all the time, lots of uniforms and, and that sort of thing. It has to be an organized activity because that's the way kids get the most out of life. A couple of quick thoughts. We got a great, eloquent email years ago from a listener, but it stuck in my head, who pointed out that, and, and listen, I kind of went with the times too when I was a kid, when I was a first a parent, and the rest of it. I'm not. I'm not blaming y'all if you've lived a different life because we some we get swept along in the currents of our time. But uh, the email made the point that the modern scheduled, uniformed rush from this to this to this kid is getting the message as mom and dad drive them to the the uh, travel league games all over the state all the time. That the parents' life is the children. And the parents are serving the children at all times. And the children are the focus of the family's life all the time. And how that's a very, very different message than kids got for the rest of human history preceding it. Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Your parents were in charge. Their lives were what was running the family. You would help them. Sure, there was recreation. There was play for you. But nobody was chasing around six days a week for your hobby. Just seems crazy. And then the uh, the second thought, um, and again, I wish I had this at my fingertips because it was so eloquent. I, I read this article that was describing the value of free play and how if you give a group of four kids a ball and say, go do something, they will invent a game. They will, through painful negotiation, argument, etc., come up with a set of rules. They will adjudicate the game according to those rules. They will have disagreements. They will have an appeals process. They will, in effect, have not only P.E., they'll have a 400-level course in government, in legislation, in the judicial process. They will, they will learn emotional intelligence. They will learn leadership. They will learn, how do I overcome an objection and not make it worse? It will be just gallons of wisdom stew if you give them a ball and send them outside. Whereas if you put them in a league with fancy uniforms and parents to tell them what to do every second, uh, you might get them a little exercise. That's what we should call our booze, wisdom stew. (laughs) No, that's a bad name. The other (laughs) one was better. So just a little bit from the New York Times article. For many kids today, scheduled time and downtime on their screens are their only states of being. How true is that? Things that are scheduled and in between screen time. That's it. All day long, pretty much. I uh, think that's that's tragic. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll just read this from the New York Times because it made me crazy. This does not mean we should quit our day jobs and devote ourselves instead to endless hours of building forts and playing games. Um, Who suggested that? Well, and the, New York, and the New York Times had to throw that in because the idea of building forts and playing games with your kids as opposed to having a job, of course, is just completely awful. It's a waste of your life. A waste of your life would be a terrible thing to do. So they, they had to throw that in as a caveat. I, I And, of course, the unspoken truth, any woman who chooses that has just thrown her life away. Absolutely. You're Absolutely. nurturing your children instead of making a little more money for some corporation? You idiot. Spending your day building forts and playing games. Come on now. Um, yeah, as, as I've talked about many times, and I don't know how, how slowly this will get flipped back around if it ever does, but the idea when I was a kid of the adults standing around and watching the kids and like making sure the kids did stuff at birthday parties or any get together, really crazy. 
when I was a kid, the adults got together and talked, and we all just kind of stood around and watched them until we got bored and started a game of some sort. Sure. But they, they weren't, they didn't seem to be concerned at all with what we were going to do. And they weren't. And we figured out something to do, and we were perfectly fine. Including stealing sips from my dad's beer when he wasn't looking. <laughs> See, it enhanced creativity. <laughs> anyway, it started me on a lifelong hobby. <laughs> if the New York Times has picked up that unstructured time is a good idea, maybe the pendulum is starting to swing back the other direction. If you have any thoughts on that, text line 415-295-KFTC. Maybe the most anticipated movie, at least in my mind, or TV show. Is it a movie or a TV show? I don't even know which it is. The trailer is out. Have you heard about this? Have you heard? Uh, oh, you're gonna be, you're gonna be, you're gonna be excited. That's well, next. tell me, tell me. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You lead by example. We'll make the right decision. This kid's got what it takes. As far as your nephew goes, I'm listening. Stay out of his life. Yes. All right. I'm, I'm a First Amendment guy, but we've got to limit the number of boos in every freaking trailer, movie trailer. We have the trailer linked at armstrongandgetty.com. If you're a fan of The Sopranos, the prequel is coming soon. The Saints of Newark, starring Tony Soprano in real life, Andrew, yeah, how do you say his last name? Galafino? Galafini? I don't remember his last name. I, I don't know. Oh, James Gandolfini? James Gandolfini, yeah. His son, I got bad news for you, Jack. Oh, yeah, his, oh, his son. His son, yeah. James Gandolfini died, and his son, who is actually an actor, is playing the young him, and he looks pretty good in the trailer. Um, And uh, they're just, you know, it's David Chase, the same guy that put the Sopranos together, so there's no reason to not think it's going to be good, but it looks freaking fantastic. And they started in with that music at the end, the theme Mm. music from the Sopranos, and I got excited. I will watch that first moment I have of the opportunity. Too many. Very excessive. Uh, What were we going to talk about? I completely lost my mind. I completely (laughs) forgot. I don't know. There was a. It could have been a tragedy at the Major League Baseball All Star Game uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll tell you about that in a little bit. What was I ready to do? I was completely ready to go. I, mm, I was up really remember. late last night. I'm trying to remember. Uh, when's what air travel going to get back to normal? We're going to do that uh, next Alex, hour. Do you remember what we were going to talk about? No, I've been having some of that A and G brand uh, vodka. <laughs> yeah, I'm completely lost. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, all right. Okay, yeah. It'll come to me at some point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got a couple of questions for you, Jack. As long as we're we're killing time, are you okay with hookers, prostitutes? You all right with that? In terms of what? Uh, just uh, in general. You right Existing. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, doing business between with consenting adults, uh, yeah. and yeah. as long as they're not sex slaves, I have no problem with it. You got any friends or relatives ever had a drug problem? Uh, you got any friends or relatives who've uh, been drugged unknowingly against their will? You ever had a relative die of a drug overdose? 
Uh, do you believe adults who want to pay for sexual activity and do drugs should be able to do so? These are all questions potential jurors are being asked in the the trial of one of the more interesting perverts in the history of our country, Ed Buck. He was a major mover and shaker in L.A. politics, and particularly uh, uh, West L.A. politics. Uh, turns out he was a crazed perv. He had a fetish. This is not for the kids, by the way. Okay. Not for the kids. Ooga, ooga. He had a fetish for paying black men to allow him to inject them with methamphetamine, even when they were passed out, off the off or usually often uh, in association with uh, drug fueled orgies. His kink was injecting people with drugs. That's specifically black men. Yes. Yeah. So he, uh, was, but he was so like Cosby gave women drugs because he wanted them to pass out so he could have sex with them, which is makes him a sicko. Allegedly, but person, the enjoyment was the injecting part. Yeah, so it would seem the U.S. Attorney's Office alleges this Buck character lured vulnerable, homeless gay men who were addicted to drugs or working as escorts to his Laurel Avenue apartment, where he would give them drugs in exchange for sexual activity. Uh, at the apartment, he prepared methamphetamine syringes in a ritualistic fashion. Some victims reported he required them to watch him do it. Then he personally injected the victims, and he pressured or incentivized victims to let him do so, sometimes offering large cash bonuses to coerce a victim to agree to an injection or, or additional injections. Other times, he just jabbed them and shot them up while they were unconscious. The 34-page memo in the, the trial describes party-and-play sessions in which he allegedly paid many solicited from online gay male dating and escort sites to use the drugs, etc., etc. In these in party and play sessions, defendant distributed drugs, including methamphetamine, clonazepam, and GHP to his victims and injected them. Uh, unfortunately, two of them died. And this guy got away with it for quite a while because he was a mover and shaker and kind of just quietly got rid of the bodies and nobody asked any questions. But, Man, uh, that's a weird kink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. So a tragedy at the All-Star Game averted, it would seem crazy story. Coming up, Hour 3. Armstrong and Getty.